this episode of the Winners Podcast, we have Lynn Washington, the founder of Snap Judgment. He's an amazingly creative and brilliant dude who was kind enough to respond to my Twitter post. At the beginning of this spring semester, Glenn Skyped into a meeting at the Podcast Network. Here's our discussion. This is the Podcast Network. We are very small. How did you go, just like to start it off, how did you go from starting podcasting in your living room to get so freaking big? Um, I got, um, it's, a, it's a bigger story, actually. The, um, about five years ago, I was listening to a podcast. It was called The Shanaki. And the guy was talking about there's this new contest for public radio. And he was actually... You had to do like these two minute clips, and he had several in the podcast, and he was asking people what they thought, which one he should submit, and um, and I looked it up, and the contest was it was due the next day, so that night I made my own two minute clip, and um, forgot about it, hmm. and about three months later, um, someone called and said I was one of ten finalists, so it was just I was I was literally I was I was minding my own business I was eating some Chinese food at a restaurant, <laughs> and they called, and I thought it was my buddy Mark, who's now um, the Uber producer, Mark, Mark Ristich. But I thought it was him, so I hung up the phone on him. And uh, they called back and was like, no, this is not Mark. Um, do you want to do this? And at that point, they kind of started kicking people off the island, so to speak. Every week or so, they would have um, some challenge. Um, one of them was... Um, He's got a word, uh, riff on it for two minutes. Go. Your word's grace. Mm. And just stuff like that would happen. And so we went through the contest. And um, actually, this is kind of crazy. So uh, I was one of three finalists asked to make a pilot. And so I made this pilot. And it was, um, and I, you know, I'd never made a radio show before. I didn't know anything about radio. So I made this pilot. And uh, we spent like all a week. And no sleep, no nothing, um, trying to do, um, squeeze it out on my computer that was constantly crashing. And when we were finished and sent it in, I thought, you know what? That's pretty good. That's all right. Did the best I could. I don't know if I'm going to win, but it's the best I could do. And the next morning, I got a phone call from the conference organizers. And, uh, and, and, he, and I said this, I can almost quote it. He said, You've embarrassed me. You've embarrassed the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. You've embarrassed NPR. And you've embarrassed yourself. What? Click. Yeah. Dude, what? <laughs> yeah, I was in a, I was in a fetal position after yeah. that, and um, so the first, like, like professional to hear the what I'd done, I sent it to a random randomly. She just. Got back to me. She's a producer here at a local radio station. And she just said, look, you know, you're a pretty good storyteller. Not so much with the radio production. And um, here's a couple. She gave me a minute-by-minute minute, um, edit of what I'd done. And I'll be, for, be forever grateful to her for doing that. And so I didn't know what – I still didn't know what they were all going on about. But 
it was over Christmas, and Mark and I decided, you know what, we'll at least go through it, take her notes, try and fix it as best we can, just so that we feel like we haven't left anything on the table. And we did. So that over that Christmas holiday, we did that. And again, um, sent it to this black hole that is CPB, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Mm. And um, I didn't hear back from them. I, I thought, you know, hey, I was going on about my life. And um, about five or six months later, they called and asked me to pitch a project to them. And, and um, I mean, to make a very long story short, um, sometime after that, they eventually pulled the trigger on the first year of SNAP. Um, for, for a while, we were doing like a, we were piloting it. When I was saying I was doing it at my um, dining room table, it was funny. It was over at, uh, between my house and Mark's. Mark lives across the street from the UPS um, people. So they um, like to come through and make lots of noise every five minutes. <laughs> so we have, we have five minutes where we record. And then there'd be all this stuff going on. And uh, at one point, actually during the contest, when we're trying to send something in, they actually hit the telephone pole, ripped the internet out, and um, and really screwed us because we were in a deadline situation. But um, yeah, between Mark's house and mine, the first year, we didn't know. They just said, okay, you guys go ahead and, and play and see what you come up with. And um, that's where it was. It was myself, Mark, and Roman Mars, mm. um, who's now 99% invisible. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. But um, that's, that's kind of how I got started. So, and, but I think, the, I think um, for, for your purposes, the big deal, I think the, um, the, break, the real success story in a lot of ways is actually Roman. We actually had eventually some institutional support. Roman went and just did this by himself. And he leveraged like his his um, association with Snap. Um, I had gotten to meet Jad Abumrad, and and Roman really took that relationship to the bank, and got um, a, uh, a few pieces featured on Radio Lab. Mm. And, th- and there's, there's a real good fit between Ninety Nine Percent Invisible and Radio Lab, and he's been able to really make a great stand on the podcast community he's doing great Damn. um he and he's not he's not attached to a big network or anything like that um and it's and because he he's found his people mm. and he, and they keep on sharing it it's really really great i mean you have all these stories i mean how did you get all these unbelievably relevant stories to you know what is almost 500 or have surpassed well you know the here I, the big deal is is genuinely i mean i think um Live your life. You such a great spot to um, um and a great time in your life where you where um the chances that you take right now are so important. You, I mean, I I I'm, I almost want to eat because there's this almost contraction in um in liberal arts. Uh, they need people who can write, who can speak, who can communicate, and who really, frankly, who can live and talk to different types of people. The the big deal is um. There's so many um, opportunities to, in, a, in a university setting that, that if you take advantage of my, my, my the thing I, I, I beg everyone to do is to, if you go abroad anywhere, it doesn't make any difference, um, but expands everything. And, and, the, and from a storytelling perspective, you become, especially if, if the light is foreign to you, you're reduced to being a baby again. And you're having to, to build yourself back up. And in that, in that process, 
see the world completely differently and the process of acculturating language and culture it just it just it just produces you and builds you back up again and it's so helpful from a storytelling perspective everything though it's just nothing try everything and i can't i'm so fortunate right now because we have to wrap brands up what kind of story we're going to come up this week um there's so much the, the the big deal and this is true everyone's had crazy experiences they really have you might not feel, oh i'm not a good storyteller and you've talked to someone for a while holy crap it's the licensed person just like what, what they what they might not know though or they might have never tried storytelling is not just having a bunch of incidences instances it's a lot about trying to find an ending that makes a narrative sense to the experiences that you've lived. Mm. And that it can be a matter of, of just thinking outside of the linear timelines that you try to create. If you want to do something like what I'm doing or pick it up if you don't want to. But, but um, for, for me, I, I find it, it's interesting that sometimes the ending of my story where I feel a narrative ending might happen three, four, 10 years after the instance. That, that maybe it's story. And here's the thing, too. This is really important. Um, a lot of the stories are about... And um, and I... And, and some, some really kind of fucked up situations. What's great about storytelling from a personal perspective is I get to go back to my own life and retell my own story. To pick up pieces of it that I broken and put it in a narrative context that I those cult fuckers don't own the story anymore. I take it and rebuild it. And really, I was just, this is crazy that we're just having this conversation now because I just saw something times about if you do rebuild your own story, then the emotionally hard charge life becomes easier to deal with when you consider them and that's been the really the case for me i'm i'm, I'm going back to stuff it's been, been so helpful to say no it doesn't end here it ends here i'm i'm the, the matter is is that story is life but life doesn't have endings. so when you put an ending on your story it's an artifice so it's a fake out you want it to be emotionally fulfilling but that ending can go anywhere you decide that that's your story. You decide and it. You own it, and you can take it, and you can you can um, you can shape shapes the way you think about yourself. That's great. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Um, I'm, hello. Um, you do great work. Thanks for talking to us. Um, I guess my question is, you know, now. A lot of people talk about like the changing nature of like print and like what a newspaper is going to become, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about how like radio is going to change. And we see a lot of it moving into podcasting. But I guess like in the year twenty fourteen, where like I don't know, everyone wants like the big picture. Like, what do you think is important about like very like like audio storytelling? You know, that you don't necessarily have all like visual news or it's not a TV show. Just what makes like audio storytelling so important to the world in front of you was an ipad and um you know, a lot of people say your age don't own radios um but you 
you go to sleep with your phone in your hand and you wake when you wake up in the morning it's the first thing you reach for what we're really fighting for is screen time everybody is like um judgment in a lot of ways it's going to be competing against breaking bad or the wire or what is that's going to be um you're looking for me now the thing that i've got on the street, you can drive a car, but you can't really do that with the wire. Um, but we're, but it's, but it's, but, but like say, even four years ago, people would have a gadget. It's got your iPad, computer here, your this, that, your phone there. It's becoming a one screen world. Everything is con- collapsing into one screen, and you've got to get on it. You've got to find to make yourself relevant on that screen. And, um, and that's changing so many different things, changing not just, you know, radio and TV, but, but, um, but radio and every, everything. I mean, my office, um, nobody owns a radio, and um, they're supposedly radio producers. So um, I'm going to answer your question. I, I, I think at the end of the day, the real deal is that we are, in fact, for stories, and that if you if you hone excellence in your craft of whatever storytelling that you want, that that the that the screen becomes irrelevant and that you will find an audience eventually. But um, it's a, it's it's definitely a fight. Fight. And I think just the uh, last question that I had is, you know, for us in the very beginning, it's hard to put out consistent material since radio there is a very clear deadline and with podcasting it's sort of harder to establish you know we need it to be in one week or two weeks and if people get really busy and then it might be like you know not actually done in two weeks I mean how and I guess it's different when you have a staff but maybe more in the beginning you know how did you get the momentum going so that you consistently had such good powerful material every week like what is the process yeah such a question, and it goes to everything. Um, if you are trying to create work that you're trying to do, and this becomes difficult, I, and I understand it, and I, and I feel you, but this is the truth. You have got to give your deadline every single time, and you have got you've every single every single week. Uh, if it's the word deadline, or a, how many, or a painting deadline, or I'm going to write a song. Got to hit that. I don't care how crap. Mm. Got and that and um and um especially right now when you actually an experiment a little bit more. Um, that's that's the deal. Um, you all know what what um you have to make haste, and that you when you when you hear a piece or you see a painting or you hear a song that moves you. You know, oh, that's awesome. I did that. It's harder to get to the point where I can make that. Mm. You're going to have to make a lot of mistakes gap, period. And the thing that happens so often is right when you're 95% there is when most people give up. And um, being able to have the discipline, this is the deal. This is the this is the curse and the bane of artists is that we have this ridiculous, absurd notion that our work is driven by some sort of inspiration or muse, and that we can't work until we find you from wherever and and then act upon it. That 
complete nonsense. The fuel of great art is ass power. And by that, I mean sitting your ass down and, yeah. and over that hump, that deadline. Can make, I'm not, this thing is done. Uh, so um, I recently posted on Snap Judgment's uh, Facebook page a piece from Scott Sigler. He, and he's kind of a hack. I shouldn't even call him a hack writer because what well, he is, he's a hack writer. He knows it. But he's such a disciplined. He, he this guy, he was not a writer. He just said, "I'm going to be a writer." Well, that's the end of it. And he, the work that he puts in to make that happen, and he, know, I mean, like to be able. The, the big thing when when Mark and I first started, it's like, what did we want? We wanted to be able to be artists. That's pretty much it. Art, pay the rent. That's pretty good, right? The, a, a pretty good goal. And that's what Scott had. Um, he made it happen. It's stunning. The, the, um, but, but putting in that, that elbow grease, that time, that deadline stuff, the saying, that, okay, for the next, I can't do it. I can't get the whole story done right now. I can't, I can't conceive of that, that big a thing. I'm going to write for an hour, one hour. I'm going to put my egg timer here. And then, okay, oh, no, I'm in. Now I can keep going, or whatever, whatever tricks it may be for you, for you, but that it's everything that someone's going to tell you to wait for your muse. Slap them about the head. And <laughs> All right, yeah, man. So, could we, I uh, wanted to take a screenshot just so that we could put it on our on our Facebook page and maybe send you one too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hold on, just one second. That's perfect. Ready? Say cheese.